Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Can you take me for lunch instead? I'm hungry. Just take me anywhere that does lunch. Hello? The boyhood dream has come true! All of you! to me! You're about to find out how ugly mankind can really be! Myself and the click are gonna dance all over your face! Talk about your psalms, talk about John 316. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass! Welcome! To the Cultaholic Classic. I let this slip to the back of my throat then. Raw review as the other Cultaholic lads uh, are reeling from Elimination Chamber and careering on the road to WrestleMania. We are here via the Ica Pro powered Burger King DeLorean uh, with all the action from 1996. The new generation, the Attitude Era. It's a bit of both at the moment. It's quite a time to be alive. Who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, Tom Campbell. I'm with the mulligan to my O'Hare, Clive fuck himself, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando. <laughs> Jackie, how you doing? From Coltholic.com, Jackie Orlando. Hello. Hello. Now, I'm glad that Clive Fuck is sticking. <laughs> a little too much. We had to avoid calling you Clive Fuck at the, at the Cultaholic Live the other day. Yeah. We had to go with my other name, which was uh, Bruce Fist. Bruce Fist. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> We're not in the silly room today, so We're not your excuses. I should be okay today. You should be fine. That room just knocks me west. Sends you weird, doesn't it? It really does. It really sends you weird. Are, are we back on the timeline this week? Yeah, so, okay, so there was a bit of wibbly-wobbly, timey-timey-wimey stuff, as we talked about. So now, the one that you are watching, we have seen both the go-home for King of the Ring and King of the Ring. So has... So we've seen all the stuff from King of the Ring. Yeah. This is the night after. Have we mentioned Chewitz and Hot Dog Brown? Yes, we did. Because we made a note to do that in King of the Ring. Yes. And then... I believe we mentioned them beforehand. Yeah. So we went back and checked that. Obviously, if we didn't, Hop back in your DeLorean and go and figure it out. Take take a left at the junction. You should find it. A little bit of how the sausage is made, we were made up with that. Because we wrote oh. that off the cuff on King of the Ring as you watch. And then obviously when we saw the Bulldog Pro when he's talking about chewing up and spitting out, I was like, yes, we can put it in. <laughs> <laughs> we mess with your heads completely. Best of mine, fuck me. Mess it Because I, I, I think it's one of them where people kind of went, um, which is live and which isn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, whereabouts are you in the timeline? Like, I think it confused a lot of people because there was stuff that I was, like, for example, the surprise birthday party, which I didn't know about, (laughs) come King of the Ring. So you hear me talking as if I don't know there's a surprise happening and and all of that good stuff. It's a a hot, complicated mess, is this very show. But we do our best with it. We do our very best with it. Um, 
very into the. We'll dig into the email before we do anything else today. Oh. Um, so uh, this one, uh, thank you, classic at cultaholic.com if you want to say hi. Uh, Carlos gets in touch. Hi, Carlos. Hello, Carlos. Uh, dear Classic Raw Review, I always thought that the letters of this show were fake until the next thing happened to me. So these thinks that the letters aren't real. We're not Viz. <laughs> I wish we were Viz. That'd be brilliant, <laughs> wouldn't it? And trust me, we talk about my egg consumption enough. I wouldn't be emailing us in being like, mm. ask me about my eggs again. Exactly. I'm not saying don't ask me, ask me about my eggs. Feel free to ask him about his eggs. Yeah, but what I'm saying is if I was writing it, I wouldn't be asking myself about eggs. <laughs> but he thought all this was, was Viz-esque made up tomfoolery. I can't believe this. I am In the livid. real world of professional wrestling, I yeah. can't believe this. I can't believe anything's fake in wrestling. So he says, a few days ago, after getting off work, I took on, I took the bus back home, usually a one-hour trip. So I decided to listen to an episode of the Classic Raw Review to entertain myself. I'm sorry about that. After a few minutes, I fell asleep. That's hey. about right. <laughs> <laughs> you then do go on to say, nothing to do with you guys. I was tired. It happens to all men once in a while. Can we hug instead? I added that last bit. Um... <laughs> After some time, I kind of woke up, but not entirely. And I looked confused through the window. I saw the usual business that I see every day on my way home, but they all look different, like knockoff versions of the same business at the same time. I realized that there were two voices in my head talking about eggs and imitating the British bulldog <laughs> complaining about the shape of a burger. Confused, I went back to sleep just to wake up sometime again and realize that the bus had barely advanced. And it was still quite far from the business I just saw before going back to sleep. So you nodded off listening to the classic Raw review. You thought you kind of lucid dream. That's a lucid dream, that is. Yeah. We're in Carlos's lucid dream on the way Ooh. home from work. Maybe he's having one now. <laughs> Look at me dressed as... Hey, we can have some fun with this. I'm dressed as a donkey walking towards you on the bus. Ooh. Here I come. Clip, clop, clip, clop, clip, clop. Hello, I'm a donkey. Send Jackie Orlando chocolate coins. Oh, <laughs> yes. Send Jackie Orlando. I'm turning it into a Ponzi scheme. Let's go. <laughs> it's, it's working out nicely for you. Do you think that the Classic Raw Review has the power to send people to a different dimension if I listen in a certain way? That's the question this week. Does this podcast have the power to send people to another dimension? I believe it does. <laughs> it definitely does. Depending on what room we record it in. Yes, yes. So I think it's because it's. I think because we have so many flights of fancy. Yeah. The people who do nod off listening to it wake up in a weird headspace. Oh, definitely. I think that's really common. Yeah. So I think yeah, I think it does. Yeah, because imagine falling asleep too, and Fuji's and a woman killing me something. How dare you touch my ass? <laughs> you, you bloody. I... <laughs> Oh, Goldust there riding a little tricycle like a lovely young boy. <laughs> it's like, I can't get over that people listen to this while they sleep. Yeah. I just, I wouldn't be able to. <laughs> and I listened to some tasks going to sleep. I fell asleep the other night, and, and, and I was going to mention this at the start of the podcast. Um, uh, at least you fell asleep the other night. That's a turn off for the I mean, I, do, I did have at least three hours sleep the other night. I'm like Vince McMahon without all the bad stuff. Um, I, I don't know. Rest RIP in peace. Uh, I fell asleep watching uh, Nothing Forever. Were you familiar with the, the short burst of bizarreness that was Nothing Forever? No. Okay, I'm going to quickly give you the rise and fall of Nothing Forever. Come on. So there's a Twitch stream where um, everything is all about like the power of AI now, how you can feed scripts and stuff into people. You know what this is now. Don't I know you? what this is because about five people sent it to me and I didn't see any of it because I was just like, oh, yeah, I'll watch that, I'll watch that. Oh. It's yeah. amazing. So if you didn't watch this, this is somebody who has fed a bunch of Seinfeld scripts to an AI machine, an AI program, 
and they were writing a never-ending episode of Seinfeld. And they were using uh, like a, a, a graphics package to animate it at the mm. same time and then voice packages to put voices to the words. Uh, and, and, and it would just segue between scenes and it was all automated. And I was in awe of this. How it was just this never-ending episode, of, which and and the jokes ranged from crap to really crap, and it didn't make a lot of sense all the time. And it's funny because, like, I said, like, this is one of the things. Like, Alex and I have a lot of things in in common, but the things that are different are like polar opposite. Because I went, oh, I've got to show you this. This is amazing. And she was watching it. I don't get it. So what is AI? It's automated. No, no, I get that. But like, why has someone done that? I said, just an experiment, isn't it? Just yeah. you see, but could they not like there seems to be a clever person? Could they not put it to use? Well, they have. They've made a never-ending episode of so but what but she went a bit Carl Pilkinson on me. She went, What's the point? Do we need it? I, like, <laughs> I said, no one needs anything, really, apart from oxygen and sustenance. I was gonna say she she went quite your da, not your da, yeah. as in your da. And she's like, Oh, dad, I, f- I found out I've 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 really got a, a love for, I don't know, drawing pictures of cats. He's like, can you make money from it, son? It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? It's like, all right. Uh, but uh, it's off air. I think when we record this, it's off air. Yeah. It might be back on now. Uh, didn't I say you something about it, it just became anti-Semitic? It made, it made some transphobic joke. Uh, oh, and, God. And uh, it was... Obviously, what it's not, obviously, it's not a funny thing to do, but it's the fact that... And I and I, I was I picked Adam Pacitti's brain uh, about I picked a few people's brains. I was like, it, this did this naturally happen or is this something a bit more sinister going on here? And they're like, to be honest, if it's constantly making stuff and learning new information all the time as it goes, it was bound to happen at some point. Mm. Impressed that it took a couple of weeks. <laughs> by now, by the time you're hearing this, because we are recording a few ahead of time because uh, Rumble and WrestleMania is very busy. Um, by the time you're hearing this, it may be back on. Yeah. It might be back, baby. Who knows? Um, but fascinated by it. Absolutely fascinated by it. That blew my mind this week. Yeah. What's blowing your mind this week? Not nothing. Nothing. Nothing blew your mind this week. I, I went to the picture framers and got a uh, a picture frame. I thought you said you were going to go the picture framers as to go and see a film. No. But what picture did you get framed? It was a it was an eBay uh, purchase. Uh, it's an original 1998 Beastie Boys uh, Hello Nasty Ooh, promotional nice. poster. Took it to the frame and said, can I have this frame, please? And what colour? I went, oh, I quite like the orange. Nice. So, but, you know, I've got nowhere to put it, so it's just there at the moment in the flat. <laughs> but he's got a nice frame for when you've got the room to do it. Yeah. Lovely. Because yeah. like... it's, it's, it's one for my office. It's not something we'd have in the front room because Sean doesn't really like Beastie Boys. And I went on a massive Beastie Boys kick over Christmas. Um, so yeah, it's just sitting there. For free. <laughs> that's you, that's about all. Do I've you done. think sh- should you guys move that she would allow it? No, I'd I'd still keep her for um, office Excellent. anyway. Right. Yeah. So that'd be for the Jack Atkins. Yeah. Office extraordinaire. Yeah. The, office of extraordinary delights. The the Clive Fuck Chapel of <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> the Clive Fuck Chapel of Fuck. Oh, you absolute chapel <laughs> of Fuck. Um, Aside from that, it's 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 been a slow old time. Steady away, isn't it? For yeah. into February now, steady away on the road to Mania and all that nonsense. But let's go back to a simpler time. Let's go back to twenty fourth of June, nineteen ninety six. Mm. Number one UK movie is The Rock. Still, still there. Number one US movie, Eraser. Yes, because this is mentioned on Raw. It is mentioned. On I've Raw. never seen this, but I always thought, what a shit name for a film. It is awful. Isn't it's it? like, oh. 
Arnold Schwarzenegger is a rubber. (laughs) (laughs) He is a rubber, and he's also a U.S. Marshal who protects a senior operative testifying about an illegal arms deal. He's forced to fight his former allies when one of the players is revealed to be a mole inside the company. I love the fact that every Arnie film, they're just like, oh, look at this. Look at this American fellow, Bob. Look at this American fellow, Richard. Which one is he? He's the six foot two Austrian fellow. (laughs) Hello, I love being from Australia. Ohio, I don't know where he's from, I'm sorry. <laughs> but um he's governor of California, what are you talking about? Of course, yeah. He's well he, American. He is the American dream. He's a real American. Why why can't they ever just put into the into the plot? It's like, oh yeah, you know, he grew up in Austria, but he's an American citizen. <laughs> or whatever. The one time it was like, all right, don't worry. We'll let him play a Russian. It's like that's not the same. <laughs> I like that that there's the is the geography of his birth is the biggest issue, considering that one of his films he is pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a boy I call it Junior and if it's a girl I call it Junior that's more like Arnie that's Arnie yeah. Yeah. Arnie gets pre- I wonder whether because he was such the, the guy for a time mm. whether they just chucked a bunch of like film ideas in a pot and just went Arnie is a film character come to life with hilarious results Arnie is Danny DeVito's brother with hilarious results Arnie is pregnant with hilarious results <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's it, basically. Might as well. Arnie he? is... He's fighting some English fellow who's pretending to be a terrorist and Jamie Lee Curtis gets a bum out. Okay. <laughs> With hilarious <laughs> results. <laughs> in the music world, number one in the UK, Fuji's Killing Me Softly, hanging on in there. Mm. Uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony, The Crossroads, still number one in the US. <sighs> still, it's going to be there for a while. Yeah. It gets comfy on that seat. Okay. Literally, it's literally it's it's on the throne for so long when it stands up, its legs give out. <laughs> it's got piles. It's got piles. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's there for so long that Bone Thugs and Harmony get hemorrhoids. <laughs> Get this: the day before Raw. I know, I know you're, you, you know about your games and stuff, but obviously, you know you're a Minecraftman, as they say. These days, I'm less of a gamer, yeah. But uh, this fills me with joy. The day before Raw, uh, so on the night of King of the Ring, mm. kids across Japan and North America are going home to play Super Mario 64. Ah! Oh! I vividly, vividly remember Hi, I'm playing Lee. this. <laughs> Hi, I'm Vivian Lee. And I remember playing Mario 64 for the first time as a young boy. Uh, we got the N64, one my brother did. He's uh, older than me, and he swapped in his PlayStation and X amount of games for uh, N64 and Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. Ooh. But we had the video shop near us, good old mom and pop video shop as they call it. We didn't have Blockbuster, we had an indie one. And for £2 for a weekend, you could rent out a game. So I thought, let's get Mario. And the first time we put it in and his face pops up and says, it's a me, Mario. And we just went, shit, Mario talks. <laughs> and I spent that whole weekend not even playing the levels. I was just running around the castle going, this is fucking brilliant. Yeah, blew your m- Even before any of the levels started, you were yeah. just like, what the fuck is this? Like, how does this work? I like the fact that they just went, right, we're 64 bits now, fully 3D. Fuck it, let's not half arse it. Let's just, yeah, let's full arse it. Still love it. Uh, Mario 64. It still plays magnificently. Yeah. It still really does. Never finished it. My cousin did, and he had Yoshi on the top and everything, but I never finished it. Oh. Mm. Again, because you just get distracted just like exploring the world. Yeah. Like with GTA. I'll never complete GTA. Yeah. I just like driving around and being a cunt. 
That's, I, me. I, That's me joy of GTA. I just like to be a metal Mario and listening to the cool music and be like, yeah, he's metal and rap. <laughs> now I can run through the fog. Uh, so this uh, developed, obviously, by Nintendo. The voice of Vo- Mario finally has a voice, and it is a legendary voice actor, Charles Martinet, who takes the role of Super Mario and becomes iconic for it as well. Where was Captain Luke? Captain Luke's not dead at this point, is he? Uh, no, he's still very much with Where's us. Captain Luke? <laughs> well, it's a good point. Like, Because he's because like, Lou would be more in keeping. Of, well, it depends on where you want to lean, because there's a, there's a school of thought where, where Mario is... An Italian. Mm. There's a school of thought where Mario is a New York Italian. And there's a school of thought where he's Bob Hoskins. <laughs> uh, so it depends which thread you want to pull. Forgetting the actual school of thought that he's Japanese. Yeah, I mean, there is that as well. <laughs> there is that as well. Uh, but they decided to go down the Italian route uh, with uh, with American New York voice actor Charles Martinet. Yeah. And uh, yes, he's just iconic as Mario. I got to interview him years ago. Ooh. I know. I was so excited. Just interviewing Mario. It was just like, I'm interviewing Mario. This is weird. How are you doing, Mario? Lo- and he's like, man. that's not my name. And you're like, shut up, Mario. Sure, Mario. He's a lovely man. Really lovely. Is uh, Peach fit in real life? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> uh, uh, director Shigeru Miyamoto conceived a 3D Super Mario game back in 1993. Mm. And it took three years to build this game from the ground up. One year on design, 20 months on the production of it. Most highly anticipated video game of the 90s. Uh, boosted by advertising campaigns and showings at the E3 show in 96. Critical acclaim, praising ambition, visuals, and gameplay. There was a bit of a knock on the camera system. Yeah. which I th- and Because there were points where it was a little bit on the wonky side. To be honest with you, I don't agree with them because I feel like there are games that have done it have done 3D games after Mario 64 that did cameras worse. Yes. The the one as soon as you said camera wonkiness, I can picture the level. It's one of the ones where it's you have to control the levels of the water and there's the weird clockwork things that flick you over. Yeah. And you get stuck in corners and can't see. But again, like I said, the first major studio really trying this kind of thing it's exactly yeah it's it's groundbreaking on many levels it becomes i've still got my n64 oh god these kids don't know it's talk about games with fraser upstairs he's like of course the best wrestling game smackdown versus raw i'm like you can fuck off (laughs) wcw versus nwo revenge oh nearly then it's wrestlemania (laughs) oh nearly then it's world tour oh nearly then it's no mercy fuck no mercy oh wipes itself are a piece of shit. Wipes itself. How? No. Yeah, but so do we all. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that a bad thing? WCW has the best roster. It doesn't always wipe itself. It was a glitch with a, with a series of cartridges that came out that THQ fiercely apologized for. Well, I've had three different copies of it and they've all wiped themselves. Oh. So I'm never playing it again. <laughs> the last one didn't wipe itself for two years. It's like, oh, I've got Correct. one that hasn't wiped itself. Fantastic. Made loads of great characters. Like, oh, right. I'm starting to properly give No Mercy go. Then it wiped itself and it nearly, nearly oh, threw it out the window. Oh, no. So fuck No Mercy. Okay. Fuck off. I get this a very personal agenda here with No Mercy. But uh, yeah, but Re- <laughs> Revenge is the one to go back to just because of the, the roster on it. Just it's madness. Absolute mm. madness. It's a hell of a roster. Yeah. It is a hell of a roster. But sorry, as you were saying about Mario. Uh, retrospectively, Super Mario 64, as you can kind of gather from the way that we've been talking, considered one of the greatest video games of all time. Yeah. Certainly one of the greatest Mario games of all time. Uh, I mean, up there, I mean, I mean, when Triple Jump compiled their list of every Mario game ranked from worst to best, it's a phenomenal piece of YouTube business that I highly recommend that you watch. I know they, they rank Mario Galaxy 2 above it, and I get that, and I think I'm with that. But you know what? That ran 
that that could run because Mario 64 walked. Yes. So I think it's it's an important and I think it's and it's very rare where you get a game like that that still holds up well. Oh, definitely. You can I could go home tonight and play Mario 64. And it's good fun. That's the thing about the 64 as well, because while the PlayStation, you can argue, was definitely more of a game changer, the N64 games hold up very well. Mm. Like we're saying, regarded as one of the best games of all time, and then, what, in a year or two, fucking Ocarina of Time comes out. Never mind WCW NWO Revenge, which is, for my money, the best wrestling game ever made. This side of Virtual Pro Wrestling 2, which is also very good. I never played Virtual Pro Wrestling 2. I have to do it on a load of emulators and stuff. It's WrestleMania 2000 but with the All Japan roster. But it's also got an MMA mode in it, and it's also got loads of, like, New Japan wrestlers that they put in there. So, like, Jushin Liger's in it, but he doesn't look right. And then there's oh. a guy online, it's like, oh, if you select this costume and this, it's full costumes in there. They just couldn't put two and two together. It's like it's like how, like, Pro Evolution Soccer had, like, London United and stuff. Yeah, and <laughs> like, but you could rename the players, so it was fine. It's one of those. But it's, yeah, yeah. MMA mode, it's got, like... There's, there's a feature in that which isn't in any other game. So if you're playing as Katakabashi, you know, you wiggle the stick and you go into special. While you're in special, once a match, you can wiggle it again, do a super special. So if you're Kabashi, you can do the burn and hammer. Oh. But you can only do it once, once per match. One little special yeah. back pocket out of nowhere type thing. I like how there are those little elements to those older games which you wouldn't expect. Like you wouldn't expect it to be so yeah. fluid and like... One character's got a secret extra special move. Yeah. You can lob in there. I like that. I like that they do that. Everything else feels very formulaic now. Yeah. Like you select certain things. and then... We were talking about it this morning because we were saying about how they're now a sports sim. And it's like, no, if I'm playing this, if I'm doing Hornswoggle versus the Great Carly, as Hornswoggle, I want to be able to give him a last ride. As the Great Carly, <laughs> I want to do a Phoenix Splash. I don't care that you can't lift him in real life. It's not real life. It's a video game. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> I am buzzing for 2K23 there because it has war games and it has two rings. That will look fun. That'll be a fun time. See, I'm still awaiting the AEW game because as soon as they said THQ, I was like, what kind of THQ? And they were like, N64 THQ. I was like... Let's let's wait and see how this pans out. Mm. It was a double disappointment in the UK this particular week. Not only would we have to wait a little longer for Super Mario sixty four because the PAL version wouldn't get a release till ninety seven March ninety seven. The N sixty four is released. We're still we're still vibing. But it's also the week of England versus Germany in the Euro semi cup finals. Yeah, penalties. We're good at them. <laughs> Spoiler. Not good at them. Uh, this uh, it was watched across BBC and ITV by 26 million viewers. Mm. Uh, it was the most watched TV event until the Queen's funeral last year. Wow, really? So it held it held on. It held steady yeah. all the way up until last year. And then obviously the, the Queen, she didn't even score a penalty. No. And, and everybody's watching that. I was out of the country when all that was going on. So it was quite interesting just to see people tweeting about how, like, even Babe Station was showing the Queen's funeral. I was, we were out of the country as well, but we're back for the funeral. So we were having, we were in New York. And people were like, oh, what do you think about the Queen? I was like, so we're from the north of England, but I have to, <laughs> oh, no. I have to explain the social economic landscape poor, of Britain. Those, those poor, were you in New York at this point, you say? Yeah. Those poor Americans that yeah. made the mistake of going, so what do you think of the monarchy, Jack? Fuck, right? <laughs> you're, you're from England. You're in London. Do you know my friend in London? His name is John. One of my good friends from Toronto, who I worked with for a year and a half, still thinks I'm from London. <laughs> and I was like, no. The, the joke is he's not even from Toronto. No. <laughs> no, he, he, he wasn't. He was, he was from... 
he was from Quebec. He was from just uh, was it Laval, just outside Montreal. Mm, yeah. right. So I know where he's from, and I explained to him, "Look, <laughs> <laughs> pull out a map there." Anyway, but to, but to uh, America, like you're still like you might as well be in the same city because the UK is still small. Yeah, it's nothing, is it? Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's, it's a. It's a commute you barely put trousers on for. Uh, it would. Um, uh, the whilst the World Cup would be devastating for England, it would it would cause Gareth Southgate uh, much critical reaction. It would, however. Bag him some money in the form of a Pizza Hut commercial. A Pizza Hut commercial with Stuart Pearce and who else? David Seaman? No, David Seaman was later. Ah. It was Stuart Pearce and someone else who'd missed the penalty. Stuart? No. Gaza? No. Gaza was Walkers. He was Walkers. That's true, he was Walkers. So I see if I can find the commercial in question. I think it's Chris Waddle. I think it might be Chris Waddle and Stuart Pearce. I think it was Chris Waddle. Yeah. We'll say it was Chris Waddle. And um, yeah, so Gareth Southgate had a bag on his head. Yeah. Because, you know, shamed because he dared to not be good at football in that exact moment. We were all very cross with him. Yeah. I'm I'm glad there was no Twitter at that point because I feel like Gareth would have got a lot of of bile from the world. Uh, But that was... uh, That was the that was the real boring real world of re- of non wrestling. What was happening in the actual fun proper world of genuine real wrestling? So I jinxed myself on the last um, episode of Raw, not the last podcast that went out, but the last one we did, which was two weeks ago. Because I said time is a construct of human perception. Oh, it's quarter past <laughs> eight. There's fish on my train. Um, <laughs> Crazy past eight. There's fish on my train. I'm friends with my dad. <laughs> fish everywhere. <laughs> After weeks upon weeks of loads of news happening, Scott Hall turned up, Kevin Nash turned up, Pillman signed with WWF. We had a week where it was all quiet. It was like, ah, lovely. Well, this week, it's <laughs> all fucking kicked off again. All kicking off, Your Honour. Wrestling Observer Newsletter, dated July 1st, 1996. And Dave, he opened this with a cracker of a line. Oh, here he comes. War has been declared. <laughs> War has been accepted. And in the words of Ron Perlman, war, war never changes. <laughs> war is hell. <laughs> so he's put, yeah, war's been declared, war's been accepted. Those are the main catchphrases of the top angle this week in both WWF and WCW. But in reality, this has nothing to do with the angle on television and everything to do with the angle on television. Well, fucking all right, platoon. I know. <laughs> Dave Melter on his knees. Dude, no! Run on sentences. <laughs> Brian Alvarez in the chopper just going, go back for him. Um, <laughs> go back for him. Yeah, see ya. <laughs> Dave, they're getting shot. Um, <laughs> well, I was shot in the arm. So basically, WWF on June 20th have sued WCW. Yay! Litigation. This is going to go on for years. So there's a lot of fudge here, but it's all relevant. So bear with me. Because, again, not only is it legal fudge, it's also mixed in with a nice blend of Dave Meltzer fudge Mm. to give us some kind of clotted word fudge. Mm. Legal and Meltzer fudge. Mm. Three pound a pound. Meltzer's in your mouth, not your hand. Oh, God damn it, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) So WWF have filed both a lawsuit and a request for a restraining order against Turner Broadcasting, World Championship Wrestling, and Eric Bischoff, basically because of Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Mm -hmm. Even though at this point, um, 
WCW pay-per-view as it happened by June 20th, I think, where Bischoff goes to Hall and Nash, are you of the WWF? And they both go, no. No, Chico. Because there's rumblings that it could go to court, but apparently it's been filed. I'm about to burp now because I had what sets before this. Do you want to do a little burp? There's a little burp. A little burp. So the lawsuit... Well done if you caught that. Thank you. So the lawsuit has four counts. The first is unfair competition under the Lanham Act, claiming WCW has used false and misleading descriptions of fact that is likely to cause confusion in the marketplace and deceive consumers that Titan is affiliated or sponsors an interpromotional angle. Right. Second count, trademark and trade dress infringement and false designation or origin regarding WCW using the trade dress and persona of Razor Ramon, a Titan trademark. Okay. Third count, in Connecticut unfair competition, is what is written here, um, citing a violation of Connecticut law by WCW's misleading descriptions of fact in the angle constitute a deceptive act. Blah, 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 blah. Basically saying... Does it say... Blah, 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 blah. It just says... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Basically about <laughs> Scott Hall turning up and being Razor Ramon in everything but name. It also cites WCW circulating false rumors of impending bankruptcy of Titan Sports as a deceptive act and its constant disparagement of Titan Sports on television and on its hotlines as an unfair or deceptive act. And the final count is a defamation and libel suit stemming from the February 9th Nitro. Remember when the lights went out? Mm. And Bischoff basically said, ah, oh, WWF playing silly buggers. Are oh, they still banging on about that? The suits Jeez. for it? Yeah. Um, yeah, they, even though the week after Bischoff had to say, Obviously, it wasn't WWF. We were just having a bit of fun. On the fucking hotline, apparently, Mark Mann and Gene Oakland were just like, ah, that's what we're saying to protect our backs. Boo, Vince. Oh, Boo. <laughs> <laughs> so, it wasn't them. It was. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Uh, yeah. It was. <laughs> Fucking hell. So Titan Children. <laughs> Titan's asking in the suit that TBS and WCW be required to disgorge all profits earned as a result of this angle, both for the June 16th and July 7th pay-per-view shows because Titan is claiming WCW used bait-and-switch tactics on the June 16th show, leading viewers to believe National Hall would wrestle as a WWF team on the show before <laughs> announcing that the match would take place on July 7th and they want to pay treble damages of those profits along with punitive damages and cost of attorney's fees. Jeez. And then there's a temporary restraining order saying all different things. The one that I thought was a bit rich. <laughs> this is all a bit rich. But this one's definitely rich. They WWF don't want references to Scott Hall as either Razor Ramon or the bad guy, which is fine. You know, fair. Mm -hmm. Presenting him with a Hispanic accent or being from a Hispanic background. Okay. They don't want him to have slick back hair with a single curl in the front, a toothpick in his mouth or behind his ear, gold chain or chains around his neck, Wrestling shorts, wrestling boots, a vest, elbow and knee pads, razor blade jewellery or designs in his clothing or anything else used by Hall. Mm. Some of that's a bit like, okay, don't put razor blades all over him, but you don't want him to have his hair. Can you please change your hair? Yeah. And then a similar one for Nash. They don't want him referred to as Diesel or Big Daddy Cool. Fine. Or presenting him in that character, including a goatee style beard and moustache. They don't want him wearing a black tank top or black pants or black leather boots, or a black vest, or black fingerless gloves, or black sunglasses. It's like, f what? Is he just meant to go out there naked and say, <laughs> hello, I'm Kevin Nash. You might not recognize me because I've had to shave my beard. <laughs> That's a bit fucked Go out in the fucking Donald Duck costume from the Hollywood, from, from Elton John's gig at Dodgers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. imagine that. That'd be amazing. That'd be a good one, actually. Yeah, that's that to me sounds like that's just Vince McMahon 
very much throwing toys out of the pram. Dude, can't, he can't have hair. He can't have boots. He can't have hair, yeah. He's got to wear pink boots. Because think uh. about it, right? They could, WCW could play the same, um, they could play the same silly buggers with Johnny B. Bad. Yeah. And go, right, okay, he can't have a moustache. Yeah. Can't wear wrestling pads. Can't do his hand dance thing. Because people think that's Johnny B. Bad. Who's that Brian Pilbert fellow who's turned up? Yeah, he can't, do, can't be called Brian. Yeah. They could play silly buggers if they wanted and happily do it the other way. It just smacks of them being very cross with uh, with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall daring to take their business elsewhere. Get this one. This one's the best. This is definitely Vince going, put this in. This won't happen. But if we can get them to do it, it'd be great. WWF wanted WCW to state three times during every Nitro Borg broadcast and on the preview show for the Bash of the Beach pay-per-view. They wanted this said three times. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash are both under contract to the WCW and all their actions since May 27th, 1996 have been the, at the direction of WCW. <laughs> Any statements made by us or suggestion made by us that Hall and Nash were affiliated with the WWF were false and misleading. The WWF was not and has not been in any way affiliated with the betrayal of Hall and Nash since May 27th, 1996. And there will not be any matches between WWF wrestlers and WCW wrestlers on Nitro or any of our shows or any of our pay-per-views. Any statement or suggestion to that effect by WCW and TBS personnel was false. If you wish to view WWF wrestlers, you should watch the WWF's programs, including Monday Night Raw, <laughs> which airs on the USA Network Monday nights at 9 p.m. EST. <laughs> What a shit bags. That is that one. <laughs> I can understand them saying, right, can we get Bischoff to say at least once on the air, look, this is a work of fiction. But to get them to say, right, legally you've got to plug your competition. <laughs> Fuck off. That's never gonna fly. It's one of them where like if it, if it was some sort of like talent steal where like they've stole them out of contract and they've turned up on the show, then maybe WWF have got some sort of dog in this fight. But their contracts expired. They didn't re-sign. They've gone elsewhere. Like they're free to do whatever. And they went out it's, on the back as well. Yeah, and they went out doing the. It's like Jesus Christ! Imagine if you split up with your partner and you got a new girlfriend. Yeah. And then all of a sudden your ex rings you and goes, "You can't wear blue." <laughs> I can do what the fuck I want, love. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's like, can't wear those trousers. So, fuck. This is going to rumble on. They've already had initial hearings. Obviously, David Dunn's representing WCW, Jerry McDevitt representing the WWF. Um, and, you know, back and forth. The WCW lawyer has said, you know, a lot of Hall's, man we've gone over this before, Hall's mannerisms back from the Diamond Stud days, basically the same character. Whereas, um, where is it? McDevitt says if he could just get Eric Bischoff, basically, uh, he would only need to ask 10 questions to Eric Bischoff to prove his case conclusively, is what the WWF's lawyer said. Mm. And then McMahon, this is where Vince McMahon really starts to fuck me off. <laughs> oh, and he hasn't already. He hasn't already. I'm livid with him. But going on. The fucking brass neck on this bastard. <laughs> McMahon, in a press release by Titan, stated that he regretted filing the suit, but said that I have finally been pushed up against the wall with no other options to protect my company. Oh. My wife and I have committed our adult lives to building the WWF. This company competes very well, and I dare say stays ahead in the marketplace with quality of programming, creativity, start developmental, and consumer interest reflects success. However, when a giant competitor uses your very creations to dupe and confuse the public, then the playing field isn't level and you are forced to fight in a different arena. Cue Van Garner going, oh, fucking boo-hoo. <laughs> All of the NWA going, we still remember you turning up on Georgia Championship Wrestling, you slick-dared bastard. 
I hate Sam Munchnick go world's smallest violin just for you, Vince. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember how you like fucked us all over? Nice one. Okay. I the thing that always makes me laugh with Vince is how over the years he will. The thing is, right? Vince McMahon has been wildly has been has been consistent from the moment he started wrestling shows to now. He has been consistent. Like there's, oh, yeah. He's never like, like, I'm never surprised by anything that Vince does. Yeah. He's consistent the way he is. Love him, hate him, bad, good. He's consistent. And for me, the one thing that, that categorizes Vince McMahon's mental ethos is how WWE and WWF will some days be this giant monster of a media company, a corporate monster, a multi-billion dollar dynasty. And then other days be just a small mom and pop company just getting by on the goodwill of our people. She, like, like zoom in and out on Google Maps as the size of, of the company that Vince has built, depending yeah. on what is needed that day. Yeah, it's... <laughs> and this is just another this is and, and he'll play this card for a while going we're just a small mom and pop company just trying to survive with this big mean monster it's yeah. trying to stop us if, if, and if, then he'll buy WCW and be like we're the fucking bears look at the size of my balls that it just serves it changes size and serves different purposes all the, the time last ever episode of Nitro is basically two hours of uh, three hours of Vince McMahon going you're shit. <laughs> yeah. All your wrestlers are shit. I'm going to wipe my ass with you because you're fucking, you're just shit. <laughs> All the things that he hates them doing here. Yeah. Fucking hell. So last bit on this story. Vince being Vince. WCW officials claim that they are researching trademarks for current planned new ring names for Hall and Nash. If the name's clear, they'll be given the names as soon as possible. If not, on the at the pay-per-view, they'll be referred to by the announcers in the match as Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. So they haven't used the term the outsiders yet. No, I think they're just referring to it as this man and this man, aren't they? And like, oh, you and your big friend. And yeah. You and your, your mate in denim. They haven't used any of it. I think the first time they're referred to by the names is in that post-match pay-per-view. I mean, again, I'm being clairvoyant. I see, I see, I see a pay-per-view match and I see me and Gene in the ring with them mm. saying this man Hall and this man Nash, etc. But, I'm pretty sure at this point they're just, oh, it's him. Oh, yeah. look, come here, you. You know, <laughs> you know, like when, when you bump into someone you haven't seen for a while and you've forgotten their name and you're like, how you doing there? Oh, yeah, you're right there. You're right, dickhead. <laughs> and they that thing that we did that time? And they reply to you with like, oh, yeah, I remember your blood type. And you're like, of course you do, because <laughs> you're him. <laughs> I hate, have you ever had that where you've gone, like someone desperately knows who you are and you're fighting to know their name? I, I did it once the other year. I'd had a really frazzled day at work, and as I bounced out, I bumped into my mate Kyle, and I completely forgot Kyle's <laughs> name for a moment. I was like, oh. And me and Kyle, we used to work together, and how we'd greet each other, we'd just say our names to each other and nod. So I go, Kyle. And he'd go, Jack. And he turns up and he'd say my name and nod. And I'm just like, how you doing? You all right? And I just, oh, I'm sorry, Kyle. <laughs> He's a lovely lad as well. It was just, it was, you know, just the perfect storm where my mind was going in hundred directions at 200 miles an hour and he bumped into me at the wrong time and even if you would have asked me i was listening back to um not the pay-per-view watch along but the one before it and we're talking about middle names and i go yeah my brother and sister don't have middle names my brother does have a middle name <laughs> i've known him for nearly 35 fucking years <sighs> so catch me at a bad time <laughs> ecw so ecw news they've just had hardcore heaven 96 a show infamous for the ring breaking and for Kimono Wanalea doing a strip tease. 
Oh, mm. it's a good time. We don't objectify people on this, but Kimona Monalea was a very, very good-looking woman. Very attractive woman. Yeah. Do we st- if you listen to the Night <laughs> Show review, you'll know that currently I'm going through a, a similar situation with Nancy Sullivan as woman on WWTV. Yeah. Something about her on that show right now that, I don't know, it, weirdly, and I think it's something weird in my head, um, the, I only started noticing, like, this is an attractive lady, when she was ringside with Flair, Flair's match, and she's ringside, and she's holding big gold. Yeah. Like the old world title. And I went, that looks really good on her. I'm like, oh. And then she just, I just keep seeing her. I'm like, oh, she's, she's amazing. I like her a lot. And it's weird how I just went, you know how some belts suit certain people? I went, <laughs> why does big gold really suit Nancy Sullivan? It really does. And it was like, I don't know how you book her to be world champion, but mm. they should have done. <laughs> Who do you think of when you think of big gold? Flair. Flair. Flair or Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> Talking of Flair and Goldberg, WCW, <laughs> as for the identity of the third man in the July 7th main event, it's really a secret. That's what Dave's put. It's top secret. He's put Lex Luger, which was the original plan, he can't see happening because it would be an almost exact duplicate of the Steve McMichael angle, and it's too soon to do it again. To be honest with you, the, the way that the things are going on Nitro with the classic Nitro review that Sam and I watched on a, on a Thursday, like... I wouldn't have been upset if this was the payoff, mm. Luger joining the Outsiders. Because, Jesus Christ, that story is dragging. And I don't know how it's ending. I do. It's ridiculous. They did that. I thought we had an ending in mind <laughs> the other week. Now, we've done a few episodes since then because of the wibbly-wobbly way that we're, we're pre-recording the classic reviews for the next couple of weeks. So you, I, we might already have a conclusion. But certainly the time as the words are coming out of my mouth... Um, we had Lex Luger for a couple of weeks dodging the Giant. Yeah. Dodging a world title match with the Giant. Like, he's challenging the Giant for the world title. It's like, oh, my car broke down. Oh, I was late to the arena. So we're like, ah, oh, something screwy here. And he goes, right, this episode of Nitro starts where he's camped outside the arena to make sure he's there on time. And we're like, oh, yeah, here we go, shenanigans. And then the match happens, and he loses, and he gets beaten up. And they go, well, those things were obviously genuine. It's like, What? What was, what was, are you, are you for real? So like, now the story, at least at time of recording is, oh no, he just genuinely had car trouble. That's shit. That is so, so shit. I tell you what, I do like. Makes me mad. (laughs) I do like the fact though, that even though they portray Lex as a bit of a dickhead. (laughs) Complete dickhead. That Sting's still his mate. (laughs) I do like the, because in every other feud ever, it's like, oh, you're a bad guy now. We're not friends. But in this one, things like, he's been my mate for years. I suppose we've all got those mates that are dickheads. Yeah. And you just go, oh, I'll stick by you, even though I think you are an arse. Yeah. We've so, all got mates like that. I guess that's, a very, that's the, probably the most real thing on telly right now in a weird way. But uh, yeah, so. But there would have been a great payoff to have Luger join them and then go, he's a baddie. He's in, he's, he, was, he knows that company up north. That would have been brilliant. Well, Dave's put, it nice. could still happen, but he doesn't think it will. No. Bischoff, Hall, and Nash were discussing names this past week with Mabel as the top candidate. Yeah, Nelson Fraze, because he's just come off a run in the W for better or for worse. Yeah. Just come off, he just headlined SummerSlam last year. Someone else considered Crush. Crush isn't a bad show. I think Crush is a bit mid card, which yeah. is the only issue. I think they always, WWF went through a spell where they kind of wanted him to crack through because he had that feud with Luger. Mm. Um, Bra. Never really did, brah. Brother. So I think he would have been a letdown yeah. as a third. It's got to be like a, a, a hulking, <laughs> hulking big name to do it. And Luger would have passed. Well, Luger would have passed the litmus test on that, as would Savage. 
if yeah. they wanted to do Savage. And I think, you know, for better or worse, as weird a vision, as, as weird an image as it would have been, as would Mabel. Yeah. It would have been weird, though, big boy Mabel between Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. There's another name. Oh, go on. Bischoff, Hall, and Nash all agreed Bret Hart would be the best candidate. Ah. And WCW even floated the idea on its hotline over the weekend. Brackets, you'd think after the lawsuit they refrained from doing that crap. Apparently Hart has turned down every offer thrown his way. And he said he will do forever. Though, yeah, Bret would have been a good one. Yeah. Bischoff has in the past few days told Hall and Nash to trust him on this. Admitted that if they bring someone other than Hart in and it isn't going to be Hart, that it will come across as a letdown. It also could be another WCW wrestler turning on the company. Do you reckon? I mean, that. I mean, the nice thing is the situation they're in now in WCW is you've got enough ex WWF guys that are of a high standing. Yeah. That you could easily go, oh, they were, you know, they were sent in early. Yeah. They helped facilitate them coming in. Savage would have been great. Luger would have been great. Hogan's not, Hogan's not a bad idea. I do wonder, and I know obviously it would never have happened because of contracts and stuff. I do wonder. What with it being Hall and Nash there, whether Bischoff ever said, "Would Sean, would Sean be up for this?" That would have been perfect. Could you imagine, especially, especially imagine because the flashiness of Sean and the way he conducts himself is the antithesis of everything Southern wrestling. Even oh. though he's a Texas boy, and I'm sure if he was averse in the WCW style, he'd be fine at it. And he used to wrestle in the AWA and stuff. But the heartbreak kid is not WCW. In the 90s. But Shawn Michaels walking through the crowd in jeans and cowboy boots. Chewing gum. Chewing gum. Three quarters of the way through that match. Gets in the ring. Super kick sting. Yeah. Oh! That'd be it. That'd be WWF in the mud then. Oh, fuck yeah. In the mud. Bring out... Oh, God. Imagine this alternate world where Shawn comes out with a belt on. Texas cowboy boots and jeans. Super kick sting. Crap fills the ring. And Sean does the promo with Mean Gene and fucking trashes the WWF title. Yeah. In the mud. Trashes the WWF title and Bret Hart in the same go. Um, or, alternatively, he's just, you know, maybe that's where they call the NWO and he spray paints NWO on the WWF title and they rename it the NWO Championship. And whilst Vince McMahon sort of crowns a new world champion on that side, he just continues to defend it as the, the oh. NWO title. Oh. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Jesus. Triple H is in the doghouse. Get him over. Get him over. Oh, my God. Yeah, get him once, in. One, two, three kids leaving soon. Get him get over. Fuck it, mud. Click rules. Click rules, baby. I mean, if you've been, then the problem is, had that happened, this podcast this week would have gone on for seven hours because you'd have had to go through all the litigation stories from The Observer. That's true. Which is why it never happened. I'm very aware that we've just spent the last four minutes just, uh, you know, spurizing the fact of, what if the sky was green? Oh. Do you imagine if it was green? I get that we've done that, but look, we're wrestling, we're wrestling fans and wrestling geeks at our core. Allow us a little wander down Weird Avenue for a moment. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know that we're prone to flights of fancy. Oh my gosh, that was a, that was a Boeing 747 to fancy. That Jesus. was Jesus. Right, so one last little bit, and then we'll finally get onto Raw. I promise. This uh, is don't forget. This is why Monday Night Raw is forty five minutes long, and these are the opening parts of the Monday Night Wars. <laughs> this podcast is easily going to go four hours soon. Oh my god, I I, I was thinking about like how. We're going to get to wrestle when we get to like the later WrestleManias. Oh. WrestleMania, like a six hour WrestleMania watch along. And we're going to be like 60 at that point as well. Oh my God. I'm just going to, I'm just going to take, bring like a piss bag in. <laughs> what a time. That so one last bit. Beaming it straight into people's minds by that point. Or... What, your piss? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's by that point, we could probably just set an AI thing off. Just, yeah. just, we'll just load an AI with like 700 episodes of this. 
by which point you'll just have AI Tom and Jack just going, ha remember that thing from Reeves and Mortimer? Ha <laughs> that was a good joke. Hey, wouldn't it be funny if bees, if Bulldog opened a restaurant that sold bees? Uh, <laughs> <ha>. Bee Monarch. <laughs> uh, My new name this week is Gary, 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 Gary. <laughs> Hello, my name is Tom Campbell, the radio presenter without portfolio, and I am joined by Gary, 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 Jackie Orlando. Bulldog. <laughs> I understand that Louis has been a shit today. Yes, I miss him. It has been 50 years since he passed. <laughs> I understand that Poppy has also been a shit today. Yes, I miss her. It has been 100 years since she passed. Have I told you about my cat? Cat it's King. Cat King <laughs> mm. is a new restaurant from the British... I mean, no, the AI gets confused. Have I told you about my wife, the British Bulldog? I like the fact that we're talking about, <laughs> let's end this flight of fancy and immediately... <laughs> That's what an AI... The thing is, right, we could probably upload an AI version. No one would notice. No, definitely not. No one would notice. We'll be just collecting those checks from our couches. <laughs> so the last one, right. So this episode of Monday Night Raw was live from Brown County Expo, Green Bay, Wisconsin, on Monday, June 24th, 1996. And as we discussed in the office, it opened with... Don Callis of Winnipeg getting a tryout match, losing to Barry Horowitz. He certainly did. And Callis was described as a cross between Raven and Bob Holly and looked okay. Rob Holly. Oh. <laughs> I like this. I like Callis getting a run out against yeah. Big Barry. And it's kind of, again, it's the, you know, as we said earlier, like Vincent Mann has nothing, if nothing, if not consistent. Yeah. Like Don Callis, very capable wrestler at this point by the sounds of things. But Vince said, nah, you better as a mouthpiece. How many wrestlers have come through Vince's door and gone, I don't want you to wrestle, I want you to be a manager. Even like the rumors about Adam Cole being yeah. Keith Lee's manager. Did it with Leo Rush? Leo Rush? <laughs> Raven yeah. came in as a manager? Harvey Wibberman? No. <laughs> Downtown Bruno. Downtown Bruno. So, thank fuck, that's all the news. <laughs> Done. Done. Uh, also, in a non tape segment before Raw. Oh, here we go. I want to chuck this in. So, the Body Donners get a run out this week. Uh, they came out before the show started to do a baby face interview to try and get the crowd on side. Spoiler, don't work. No. <laughs> Fans booed them anyway. <laughs> Which we'll come on to a little later. Oh, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, we are in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Now, down the road from this arena, Two Rivers Jack is being trained by Mike Mercury and Rockin' Randy on this very day. Jack Atkins, who is Two Rivers Jack? I was going to say Ken Anderson, but it's probably a bit early. Who do you think it is then? Two Rivers Jack. Wisconsin. Go on, hit me. Ken Anderson. It is Ken Anderson. Ken Kennedy. I was just like, Mr. Kennedy. He's from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Mm. He's like the only thing I know from Green Bay, but I thought 96 is better. He debuted in 99. Wow, okay. So he would have began his early training with Mike Mercury and Rockin' Randy. That's pretty cool. That's very, very cool. It's a little fact for you. Two Rivers Jack. Uh, as he was known back then. Hunter Hearst Helmsley, already in the ring. He's having a shit old time. He faces Ahmed Johnson, who gets a booming pop as he comes out. Ooh. Oh, there he is. Uh, Non-title match, because Hunter Hearst Helmsley is in the doghouse. He doesn't even get to lose a non-title, lose a title match. No. Doesn't even get an entrance. <laughs> uh, did you notice in Ahmed's entrance? Nice bit of pyro. He's still got the gold, gold dust in the kind of mm. title. Holds it up upside down. I did see that. <laughs> God bless him. Good effort. Yeah, Ahmed holding the belt. I get it because the belt looks almost symmetrical. Yeah. But obviously the WWF logo at the top helps you 
decipher which way is the top. Yeah. I think that the white strapped icy belt would pop off on Ahmed. Oh, yeah. I think that would look much yeah. better. I kind of hoped that they would change it for that. But um, I'd, uh, sadly, we stick with the gold one for, for this particular run. Uh, we get a picture in picture revealing our main event. Holy fuck. For the very first time ever, The Undertaker versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. June 1996. For a second there, I thought it was 1998. Yeah, and 1999, and, and 2000, 2000, and 2001, and 2002. <laughs> I don't think they had a fight in 2000. No, probably not. Um, yeah, that's our main event. Holy fuck. Oof. How exciting. The Agile era is upon us. Not quite yet. Uh, plus, Sonny is on commentary for the Body Donners tag match later on, and Camp Cornet are facing the Jobber Alliance. Now, now, now they do correct this. Yes. Because the match tonight is Savio Vega teaming with Barry Horowitz and Aldo Montoya. But the graphic shows Barry Horowitz, Aldo Montoya, and Bob Holly. Yeah. So I assume that Bob's injured, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Last time we saw him on Raw, I oh, know he had a match, didn't he? The week after getting yes. throttled by Ahmed Johnson. He got throttled by Ahmed <laughs> and then lost. But um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's injured, which is why they've... But obviously they've got the graphic and all that done. So they kind of sort of go and fix it, which is a shame because I, I managed to find a thread that connects Barry Horowitz, Bob Holly and Aldo Montoya. Because I, I, I kind of watched this with the sound off and then rewound it after I'd done my research. I went, oh, I didn't need to do all that research, but I did anyway. But I just so I thought I'll mention it. I did find a thread that connects Bob Ollie, Aldemar Soy, and Barry Horowitz. Would you like to know the, the connecting thread between all those three? I've got a thread. Go on. All involved with a version of ECW. It's not, I mean, that's a good one. I did, was Barry involved with it? Oh. Was he? I can hmm. Was Mm. I'm sure he must have done a job or somewhere in ECW. Obviously, Aldo Montoya becomes just incredible. And WWE, ECW, they're just like, ah, it's all bullshit garbage. Dress to put Bob Holly in there. Bob Holly in there. That's a good one. That's not the one I had. No. That's I'm probably one. wrong anyway. I'm Hail Mary. They will all, in their careers, challenge for the WWF tag team title with Sean Waltman. Okay. Barry Harwitz did in 93 yeah. on an episode of Raw. Uh, Holly won the titles with the one, two, three kid during our watch, and just incredible. Will challenge several times in two thousand and one. You're dealing with the X Factor. He's dealing oh, with the X Factor. Just a few years. So, so at the, at the same week that Sean Walton was having some shitty conversation with Vince McMahon, which we'll talk talk, talk more on in the weeks to come. Mm. Um, they was these three lads were teaming together, but they weren't because Savio Vega has replaced Bob Holly. Oh no. I was going to say, with Savio Vega, obviously, at No Way Out of Texas, is part of DX for one night. But sure, X Pac's not in the match, though, because it's before he came back. It's pre, it's pre there. But, and also, he never challenged for a tag title. Oh, it? yeah, tag titles. I don't course. believe. Yeah, yeah. I, haven't, I didn't check this on Cage Match. I was too upset to check. Um, we get a long as fuck headlock as Vince McMahon reveals the main event of In Your House International Incident. It'll be our boy, the British Bulldog. Hey. Yes. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> We're main event again. Three in a row. Oh, give us that paycheck. Oh, last time I got a good three in a row, them bells and the fruity. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Owen Hart and Vader to Camp Cornet are going to face Ahmed Johnson, Shawn Michaels and the Ultimate Warrior. Five out of six. Mm. <laughs> uh, Hunter Dodges are running something by pulling the bottom rope down, Ahmed said crashing to the floor. Thank goodness Hunter's getting a bit of offense while he's in the doghouse. Uh, a Greco-Roman steel steps throw follows this. That was nice. We get a picture in picture of a cigar chomping Marlena and a snarling gold dust. I'll be back. 
Terminator, says Goldust, uh, who says he made a mistake by trying to save Goldust's life and he will now work to end it. Looking ahead, he's facing The Undertaker at In Your House International Incident because of reasons. And he says, Goldust, Goldust says he will bury him in the soil this time. He's already put him in a casket. This time, he's going to bury him. Yeah. I don't know why we're, re, we're rewinding what? Goldust and Taker because it kind of felt like it was a fait accompli. And even then, it was like, oh, Undertaker's feuding with mankind. And then one week, they were like, oh, he's feuding with Goldust, isn't he? And we're like, no, no. What a, what, a, what, a, what, a, what a lovely selection Undertaker has to work with. I mean, it's better than some months, to be fair. It's better than some years, where Undertaker's had some ride dogs to feud yeah. with. At least you've got Dustin Runnels and you've got Mick Foley, who are, when, they, when they're in the right mindset, capable wrestlers. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and they'll work well together at points. Uh, a few hope spots for Ahmed get cut off by Crafty Hunter, uh, but he gets caught coming off the top with a bear hug into an inverted atomic drop. We see Hunter flare flop into the corner, and I'm just thinking, you know what? Fair play to uh, Paul Levesque. Like, he's losing for the year because he's being punished for the curtain call incident. So therefore, Vince has said, look, someone's got to take the rap for you all breaking character in Madison Square Garden. So it's going to be you, Hunter. You're going to lose every match for a year. He's at least having fun while he's doing oh, yeah. it. He's been making the most of it. He's, he's not been fired. He's still on TV. And he's making people look fucking amazing yeah. as he does so. So he's, so you know what? He's taking his, he's, he's taking his punishment like a... Uh, Hunter Flair flops into the corner, eats a military press, however, counters a Pearl River plunge. Uh, we get aggressive Hunter pummeling Ahmed at this point as Hunter's ring girl, we see for the first time, claps at ringside. Uh, Julie Bernardi. Now, I've looked her up. I think I think she's a realtor now. Okay. Because I, I, I kind of found a picture of what looks like Julie Bernardi. And, and I matched it when there's been some years between there. She still looks fabulous. I think that's her. So I think she works in real estate now. I don't know what she did before, but she works in real estate now, I do believe. If I've got the wrong Julie Bernardi, uh, do apologize to your letting agent for the message that I sent you about three hours ago from here. Uh, just tried to reach out. <laughs> I've sent a few this week, which we'll touch on in a minute. Um, it goes for a back body drop. This time, Ahmed turns it into the Pearl River plunge. Nice little throwback to a couple of minutes before. Gets the one, two, three on Hunter because, of course. Doc Hendricks chats to Ahmed, uh, asks him about being the first ever African-American intercontinental champion, which yeah. he is. Ahmed said he's very proud to be the first, but he's going to defend the belt for everybody. Black, white, red or green. And, uh, and then Jerry Lawler goes, look at all the green people in the crowd. <laughs> he's a piece of shit this week. It's Jerry Lawler. Yeah. More on that in a bit. Uh, he says if Sweet Lips, a.k.a. Goldust, wants some more, he's not hard to find. He'll be in the hood, hanging with the homeboys. I was looking forward to you saying that line. <laughs> hanging, in the ho hanging in the hood with the homeboys. Uh, what did you think of our opener? The pair, they did, even though Hunter was bumping his ass off for him, they mm. didn't have great chemistry. No. The crowd did react to Ahmed's signatures, though, so the Ahmed experiment is working. Um, there was like one bit where he just shoulder-barged Hunter and they woke up for it. Okay match, the Program was a bit fumbly bumbly, but he had all right baby face fire. Because I did like the fact that when Doc interviewed Ahmed, he goes, First African American Intercontinental Champion. How'd you feel, Ahmed? And he goes, Well, Mike. <laughs> I didn't spot that. He goes, Well, Mike, Doc. And then does a bit of a laugh. Oh, I didn't spot that. Doc Hendricks laughs as well. And he goes, I'm very proud to be the first. Who's Mike? Michael P.S. Hayes. Of course, yeah. Doy. He's used to chatting backstage about the match. So he yeah. just got thrown off. So he said that he was very proud to be the first African-American champion of the world and just carried on. I was just like, he's knackered. He's just had a match. Yeah. One thing I did notice, obviously, as we... We're, we're at the we're at the, 
the threshold of the Attitude Era. We'll start getting some signs which are going to get a bit risque. I know the signs Did you're you talking see about. I saw it flash for a second because they clearly went, we're going to get kicked out. And there was just a sign at the back, three fellas holding up a bit each, and just said, Eric B sucks dick. I assume about Eric Bischoff and not um, Eric B the hip-hop DJ. So... Yeah, I saw that, and they are going to get spicy, the Attitude Era signs. Some of them I've looked back at, and they're, they're awful, but they get a giggle out of me. Oh, they are fun. Yeah. They are fun. I like, yeah, so, uh, yeah, but, yeah, Ahmed looks strong. Yeah. Establishing as IC champ. It's not going to be a long run, which is a shame. No. Which we'll talk more about in the in the weeks to come on it, this very podcast. Yeah, because I looked ahead, because I thought, ooh, after this run is that Ahmed done, but he's... He's around for a, a little while longer, obviously. Mm. But it's, yeah, it's the, the story of his career is quite sad. It is. It it, it genuinely sucks because we because we kind of we reach this point now where we're ascending the mountain. Yeah, and uh, I, there's not much mountain left. Because I was listening, I used to listen to the Major Wrestling Figure podcast when they used to do their toy federations. Mm. And Brian Myers, like as part of his federation draft, Ahmed Johnson, he was just saying about that early run in 96, saying about how over he was at the time. Mm. And looking back on it, like you're saying, he's there with Horace Helmsley, who's admittedly making him look good. But when he does the spine buster and stuff, everyone's like, Pearl River Plunge is coming. That's a good move. So yeah. it's it's working. Yeah, it, the, all, the, all the trappings are there. All yeah. the trappings are there. An encore presentation for King of the Ring is plugged as Sonny heads to the ring to do commentary on our next match. We get the foot action slam of the week here, uh, which is a powerbomb off the top rope by Marty Jannetty onto Skip. So it's the blonde bombshell being done on the blonde bombshell. Yeah. Why is it that Skip can't do it, but Marty Jannetty can? Yeah, considering that apparently in this match, Marty's the heel and Candido's the face. <laughs> But what a weird thing. Like, I've never... I'm a, I'm a shoe guy. I'm a mm. trainer guy. I hadn't heard of Foot Action USA. I was going to ask you whether you do anything. No, I, 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 I Googled it. They've still hanging on, but I think they've closed the remaining shops in 2022. Yeah. Um, but it's weird because they're showing the, the feeling muscle ball shoe, which is basketball shoe. But the music sing, sing, sing. Just a weird mix. Yeah, swing music for someone playing basketball to show Marty Jannetty power on someone. It was just a mishmash of ideas. Not as good as the claymation cockroach for the Sega Saturn. Oh, that's good. So odd. Odd, no, odd mix up that is. Yeah, I've never heard of Foot Action USA. And I thought, <laughs> as I was Googling it, I was like, am I all right Googling this on a work computer or am I going to get something a bit. A bit saucy. And, and, and so far, you're source-free? You haven't source got any free. antivirus or anything like that? No. That's all right, then. Yeah. Um, back to ringside area, where Sonny is joining Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler for commentary. Uh, we talk about Cloudy here and the and the applications for the manager role. Yeah. Which So we, we get to see some of the letters and stuff that were sent into the WWF to become managers for the WWF team. And... Um, we see a few pictures as well, including uh, a picture of, let's see if I can get this right, uh, Jason uh, B uh, Boissano, yeah. a.k.a. Apollo, the personal trainer. So I kind of read through what his letter said because they got a picture of him and then his lovely written out like typewritten letter behind him where he says that he always was interested in wrestling, was looking to retrain, but this seems like a quicker way to do, <laughs> to get into wrestling. I, mean, <laughs> I admire fair. the skill. Um we see uh, some more of the applicants from here. Uh, we see marvelous Michelle Geyser, who looks about ten. 
Is, is that the one that um, Jerry says she's too skinny? Yeah, so we get two back to back. We and 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 Jerry goes, she's too skinny, she's too fat. And I was like, great work, Jerry. I did like yeah. the, like the fact though as well that even though Sonny was being a heel, as soon as any of the women were coming up, she's like, oh, she's 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 quite pretty. She was like kind of sticking up to him. He's like, oh, she's lovely. Yeah. And he was like, don't break character. You're meant to be a bitch. <laughs> uh, Jerry Lawler's tongue falls out of his mouth when we see Jeanette Coates. Uh, anyway, there are the revealing shots. Uh, now, in the letter, it mentions her bed. So I don't know what sort of coquettish things were written in the letter oh, for the body donors. I I think I found Jeanette Coates. And I've dropped dropped her a message. There we go. She hasn't got back yet. No. But when she does, you'll be the first to hear from me. I think I found her. I think I found her. I won't reveal her identity just in case it's the wrong woman. Uh, we get videos as well here of applicants yeah. for the gig. Jermaine uh, uh, Wilson from Toronto sent in a video of him doing his best, sort of Paul Heyman, shouting down a phone at somebody trying to get Body Donner's book, which I thought was great. Jermaine uh, uh, is now a director and a camera operator for Big Brother Canada. Well, fantastic. He's good at his job, isn't he? Good, isn't it? Do you know what? My mum and dad go, so you just talk about wrestling? Yeah, but sometimes I do a bit of digging, yeah. do a bit of research. He hasn't done anything on social media for a couple of years. Uh, he's still a big wrestling fan. The last thing I saw on his Twitter was him and his wife attending a wrestling show, and he has an ECW replica title. Hey. I thought it was quite cool. I think he was involved in wrestling in some way, shape, or form, I think. If you know about this, do let me know. He seems like a lovely man with a wonderful family. Um, he genuinely does. <laughs> that sounded a bit frightening. It did, didn't it? It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like I've been looking through your windows. Did you enjoy Did you enjoy your dinner last <laughs> night? I quite like the way that you had chops and mash for a second day in a row. Oh. Oh. So you nice. love the chops, are you? It's a nice, it's a nice dressing gown you've got. Uh, <laughs> What do you make of the final of Happy Valley? Oh, me cock fit in the pocket, lovely. <laughs> and that's Jermaine yeah. and Jeanette Coates never coming on the show. I'm sorry. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> it's fair. Uh, Seven pops up here. Now, a gothic looking lad with an eight ball on a walking stick. Yeah. Couldn't find anything about this guy. Uh, he looked a bit weird. I think he had a Polaroid of him meeting Sonny mm. at like a fan convention. As if that would go like that, help his case. She can vouch for me. Vouch, she can vouch for me. Uh, Randy Blake is from Parts Unknown. And, and Jerry Lawler made a comment. I went, yeah, fair shout. He does look like Andre the Giant's son. I did. Like, I was, even though, like you were saying, King's being an arsehole, he's being rapid fire. And he did make me giggle. And they're obviously they're, they're, they're talking over these videos. So you can't really make out what anybody's saying. The exception of Randy Blake, where there's a pause at the end as he's been doing his promo. And just the pause catches him. And you just hear him perfectly say, a great behind and a perfect set of teeth for you to smile into everyone's minds. <laughs> I don't know whether he was talking about himself or Sonny or Cloudy. Could have been all of them. Our friend Jimmy Shoulders. It could be Jimmy Shoulders. Could have been talking about Jimmy Shoulders. Oh, still a good man. If you sent a letter in <laughs> to, to try and be the body donors mat, uh, man, manager, do drop us a line. Uh, classic at cartaholic.com. Many thanks. Anyway, here's Cloudy. Uh, Sonny is livid that Cloudy is here. Yeah. Not a fan of Cloudy at all. Uh, the Body Donners are in action. They're fighting the Brooklyn Brawler and Jerry Fox, a.k.a. Rockin' Randy, Mr. Kennedy's trainer. Ah. That's Rockin' Randy. Yeah, because as soon as I saw it, I went, ah, Brooklyn Brawler and 
Some fella. Jerry Fox. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sonny says that as the match is, basically this is the body donors having a match whilst there's exposition. Quite a common theme on Raw this week, which is yeah. matches that just happen to be on while there's exposition happening. A bit like those TikToks where it'll be the guy talking and it'll be either, either footage of a video game being played or like some sort of like, like some sort of image of like water being poured into cups or... Stuff like, you know, when they do like weird visual stuff, things being like soap being sliced and chopped up whilst there's yeah. video, audio over the top. It's like that, essentially. This is wrestling. Wrestling's less important than what's going on on commentary. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> I know what I mean. I'm cool. I'm 39. I look at TikTok sometimes. My TikTok algorithm is buggered because it's all cats now. Good. Because I like so many cat TikToks and I share it. And because it recognizes everything you do on the app, how long you watch something, how quickly you scan through something, what you like, things that you share. The amount of times that I've been to Alex says, I work hard during the day. So please, unless it's an emergency, don't call because I'm be very busy. I'm like, I respect that. Like, you can call me whenever because another eh, really <laughs> major ever happening. Um, but you can call me whenever, but I won't call you. So instead, I just send her cat videos from TikTok that I like. Yeah, and little pictures. I'll show you the last one I sent her. Um, she gets quite annoyed by me doing it, but I'll do it anyway. <laughs> uh, I ain't stop. Six minutes past ten. So her show. So the show that she produces has just started. News has just finished. So he's like, right, okay, we're on air now. We've got this bit coming up. I've got this interview lined up for quarter past ten. So I've got to make sure that they're on the line for Anna, ready to go. Uh, we'll have uh, a weather update coming soon. So I need to make sure that who the weather person is and get the details across to Anna. So she's doing all that. Heads in the game. Here we go. Off the off the show we go. Money to a link. Her phone goes bading, and then that pops up on the screen. Fucking hell. <laughs> It's a cat sitting like a frog. <laughs> and she just goes, thanks, Chuck. <laughs> just snapping her back into I can reality. see her face well going, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> that is lovely, though. It's lovely. She's like, she's like it's lovely, but I, I can't do much with that because I'm busy. I know. It's just there. I'm not expecting a reply. I'm just sending it to you. Um, so this is basically the show. Uh, <laughs> Sonny says she has designs on more than the tag team titles. She plans to bring in a singles wrestler to take a belt from Shawn Michaels or maybe Ahmed Johnson. Ooh. Dave Meltzer has already sussed it out, hasn't he? He has. Who is it? It's Ron Simmons. It is big Ron Simmons. But he won't be known as Ron Simmons. No, no, no. no. That's too easy. <laughs> they don't want WCW to say... Well, he's not allowed to have a mustache or wear blue pants, dickheads. I know it's that your Ron Simmons has eyes. How dare you put sure. one ring against Vader? Take his eyes out. Well, we're talking to Vader. What the fuck's Vader doing there? You've got to call him Scrimbly Scrum Scrum. Ah. And you've got to give him not a mask, but a paper mache head. And then he can fuck off. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, it's going to be Farouk, but not Farouk as we know and love. As we know and love. Yeah. It's going to be Farouk before you had an edge. <laughs> Farouk Azad. Yeah. As he'll be known. <laughs> oh. Hey, it's great because a whole new generation who watched wrestling, who saw what Vincent Man, how the way Vincent Man massacred our boy Karrion Cross. Oh, wait, so wait a couple of weeks and you'll see the inspiration behind the bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> You're in for a treaty pie. At least for Farouk, after a while he went, Nah, fuck this. I turned it around. <laughs> he certainly did. And then we got something special from that. Oh, from the wreckage 
of of uh, the of Farouk Assad. I can't wait to talk about Farouk it's, Assad. It's, oh god, it's it's oh. so shit. I'm so excited. It's it's there. It's just there. <laughs> it's the fact we've got to get through this, and then we get such an underrated run. Oh my god, it's oh. so good. Um, anyway, the Donners are trying to be baby faces. It ain't scanning. They're on the wrong side of the ring for a start. I never spied that. They're on the uh, heel side of the ring. The 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 backs are to the hard camera, and the jobbers. Yeah, I never really thought about heel and face sides. Yeah. Heel, that never occurred to me. Heels are bottom right, so you've got the faces in the top left of the screen, so you can fully get the, the hot tag. That makes sense. Yeah. Because the thing about the body donners, they've got the moveset and the ability to wrestle as baby faces, but the look and the gimmick is heel. Mm. And the fact they're just like, yeah, cheer us. We're taking the piss out of the woman everyone likes by having Jimmy Shoulders in a wig. <laughs> it's like, it's just not working. Jimmy Shoulders. <laughs> anyway, Zip hits a whoopee cushion to win to a mm. tepid reaction. Sonny, however, bless her, is giving it socks and going, I can't believe these people are cheering for the body donners. Now I'm not with them. They're not. Everyone's like, they're not. Hate these. These are shit. <laughs> I hate them more now because they haven't even got Sonny with them. Yeah. Literally, the one thing we liked about the body donners, they've taken away. Now they're just peroxide gimps. <laughs> peroxide gimps. Peroxide blunt blunt. Um, now, Zip, after the whoopee cushion, gets the three count. Sonny, chases, Sonny gets chased around the ring by Cloudy for a bit of fun at the end of the match. Oh. I put here for a bit of fun. I've just put because lol man in drag and then gone... Yeah, that's the yeah. that's the that's the beginning, the middle, and the end of it. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on, on on whatever that was. I just put match was whatever. The Donner's <laughs> face turn hasn't worked, but to be fair to Sonny, even though the angle is detrimental to everyone in ring because the angle is it's all about Sonny, she did good work. She mm. did do she she got over the angle that you know Sonny's got a kind of lust for power and just wants gold. Yeah. So fair fucks to her. She says at one point she's twenty three. As well, she's like, oh, I'm 23. I've got to, you know, finance my future, and I just want to travel back in time. And be like, here's a cup of tea. Yeah, just it's okay. I do worry. <laughs> I do worry for no, it. no sympathy anymore. But no, but at the it, time, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Back in yeah, in in early 20s, Sunny. Now I'm just like, oh, Tamara, fuck off. <laughs> okay. Back then, I'm just like, oh, oh, because it's weird because they, I think there were points even like where we would go, oh, I just want to make her a cup of tea and have her sit down. And then all the other stuff came out about what happened. With yeah. Her. And I was like, ah, nah, nah, nah. you're good. You do you. Um, <laughs> Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty, one-on-one next week. They give a little hype sizzle reel, which features footage of the barbershop incident. Yeah, so while this was good, this didn't work. How so? Because the story of this is, Look at Sean. He was a dickhead to his mate. And Sean's at the top, but Marty's not. And he's got that burning fire. Oh. But Marty's the heel and Sean's the top face in the company. That's why it didn't work. So you've been better off just not referencing it and just going, just saying, the Rockers were a tag team. And then they weren't. Yeah. They, or, or, or twisting it and saying, oh, while Sean's at the top, Marty's been driven mad. But no, they just went, here's Sean. Here's how we fucked him over. Sean's at the top. Marty's not. Bad guys always win. If you were tuning in for the first time, you'd be like, "Ah, oh, so that Marty fella, oh, he must be the goody. That's a good shout. Yeah. That's a really good shout. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. But at the same time, nice to see them reference in the past. Nice to see this match being built up, even though we haven't seen Marty Jannetty in weeks. Mm. 
But yeah, yeah, I said it's, it's I said it's nice. It's, it's got a, a bitter build. Six or one half a dozen of the other. Uh, speaking of six, a six man tag team match is up next. What a pro, what a pro, what a pro, what a pro. Uh, Cam Cornette, Vader, Owen Hart, and Bulldog <laughs> with, with Diana. <laughs> is he all sorted now, contract wise? Is he? St- I'm going to stay. Uh, I've heard nothing, okay. so I, I, I assume so. You want to go? I've changed my mind. Oh, I like it here. Yeah, yeah. I was only joking. I was just what dead, yes. I wanted to be friends. Alec, just... I'll be the third man. No, he's on go. And all sting. Bishop's phone just says Bulldog. Ah, oh, shit. Was cooking. Yeah. Got an idea. I'll win the belt. I'll win all the belts and I'll be, I'll call it Bulldog Championship Wrestling. What do you reckon? Ooh, hello, ooh. hello. All right, Vince, I'll just say. In the background, Bob Holly's going, it's a good idea, that. It's very good. <laughs> Great idea. Great idea. I wonder whether <laughs> Bulldog went, Vince, give us more money, or I'll go WCW. And Vince went, oh, what are you going to WCW? Go in, you I will. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah. I'll go. go WCW. All right. And he rings and they go, I don't want us. I'm going to stay. <laughs> oh, you still try ECW? <laughs> Goes outside, goes, Zach's here, yeah. WCW. <laughs> and I'm like, excuse me, he's like, take me WCW. That's what Hockey Talk Man did, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> take me to the WCW wrestling. Is that who I think it was? That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me, Dave, Dave, <laughs> Dave Smith, Dave Mansmith, born no longer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like. Take me to WCW. They go three blocks around the corner. He gets dropped off at Wine Castle, Winchester. <laughs> Thought you wanted the wine shop? No, no, just the wrestling. Where am I? <laughs> I don't recognise this. Take me to WCW. He gets in the back and he go, where? WCW. You have to, you got a zip code or anything. World Championship Wrestling. Right, okay. Um, we'll get in there. Um, so do you want to go to what, the show? Oh. No, head office. Okay, so do you need the um, the main head office? Or the main head office where bosses live. Okay, so I think that's Turner. Right. That's but it says world. That's enough world. Yeah, take me to world. Take me to world. Take me to, take me to world Turner. Yeah. Okay, t- you want to go to Turner? Yeah, okay. Buckle okay. up. Turner's yeah. in Atlanta. Right. We're in Stamford. Atlanta, under the sea with <laughs> Merman. <laughs> I'm not wrestling for Merman. No. I like my feet on terra firma. Can you take me for lunch instead? I'm hungry. Just take me anywhere that does lunch. <laughs> Hello? Atlanta. Oh, he's gone. Meat is running. I'll just wait here. <laughs> Not wearing a watch. Lost my watch. It's already at seven quid. <laughs> For those on the audio feed, Tom has actually gone maroon. <laughs> what would this podcast be without Davey Boy Smith? <laughs> I can't wait till the day if he ever does turn up in WCW for the fun you and Sam are going to have. He can't because he doesn't want to go to Atlanta. No. Fire Burman! I, I can't I can't hold my breath that long. <laughs> Is he going to have a fucking submariner? <laughs> you tell that you tell oh. Aquaman I'll fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> but 
in a field, not underwater. Put it in a field. Not underwater with fish and that. Oh, fucking put it in a field. I do it like men. <laughs> oh. How come I said he'd be in this field? <laughs> fucking field. I'm ready for your Aquaman. I think you were lying. Where is he? He said if he's not here in 15 minutes, I've got to start without him. Oh. <laughs> Get myself <laughs> self an headlock. Can I power slam myself? Yeah. Who's the guy I'm calling Bummer Harris? <laughs> <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now. And we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas. You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Savio Vega, bless him. Yeah. He's on the jobber team. As soon I'm as gutted so, for him. As soon as I saw Vega, saw Vega, I was like, ooh, he shouldn't be in this match. No, he's a, no, no, he's better than this. If you knock out any, anyone else, you've got Duke Drosy. What's Duke Drosy up to? Well, he's there because they do uh, they do a second yeah. set of tapings after this and he's fighting Mankind at the second tape. Duke's there. But no, apparently they must have just gone, well, we need to get Vega on telly this week. So let's put him in the fucking jobbers. Yeah. He gets some early licks in, to be fair. But Vader pulverizes him. Yeah. Bulldog has some fun beating up Aldo Montoya for a bit. Then Vader pops in to give him a choke slam. Bulldog gets a running power slam. Tags Owen Hart, who gets the sharpshooter. That's Owen's only move of the match. Because Owen, I think, is still legit injured. Yes. Yeah. So I think they're trying to just keep him safe. Did you notice, though, as well? He's actually got the slick back hair now. Mm, he's becoming sort of that Owen. Yeah. With the because I guess I guess now that Razor Ramon can't have the slick back hair, yeah. it's it's for the taking. But one more thing, Owen has Aldo in the sharpshooter. Aldo taps. Can we end oh. this narrative that it was Shamrock who brought it in 1997? Because that's three times now that people have tapped in 96. I've seen three. Yeah, yeah. three tap outs. Yeah. But yeah, this is obviously the tap out began before Shamrock. Yeah. Was it? Did they reference it as a tap out? Or do they just go? Oh, He's given up. Yeah, because I wonder whether they, whether the argument whether they could argue the toss and say that they devised the tap out as they called it a tap out. Yeah, he's tapped out. Yeah, maybe. 
Savio Vega had some decent momentum behind him, so it was strange to see him in this match. He did get a, a fucking gorgeous spinning kick at one point. Yes. But that was about it. It was... This was a weird, weirdly booked match for me. Because it started, like you said, started, and um, it, it starts with um, Barry Horowitz battering Owen Hart. <laughs> then it started with Savio battering Bulldog. And I was like, hmm... This main heel faction that's going into the main event mm. of the next pay-per-view against the team of jobbers, this should have been a dominant squash. It ends up that. Yeah. And I know you've got to give a shine to someone. But, but I guess because Savio's in there, they yeah. don't want it to be a shutout for Savio. You could have got round it by having Vader take out Savio outside the ring before the match started. Yeah. So like the only hope for this jobber team, and he's wiped out outside the ring. So at least then he doesn't look a shit <laughs> by losing so Decisively. Yeah, because as we've mentioned numerous times, they are bringing in people to be kind of jobbers to the stars. Mm. So at this point, they're not quite there yet. And they're just like, oh, we need people to lose, but we don't really want to like it to affect their standing in the eyes of the fans. But just mm. just give Camp Cornette the dominant win. If, if they're struggling with Barry Horowitz and Aldo Montoya and Savio Vega, they're bollocks to when they come against Ahmed Johnson, Shawn Michaels, and probably the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> Absolutely. Who knows? Absolutely. Talking yeah. of the Warrior. Right. Up next. What the fuck was this? Okay. <laughs> so we have a video of a guy working out in the gym. He's doing weights mainly and doing pull-ups and stuff. Uh, the voiceover says, not all work out to gain Herculean strength. Not all train to reach Olympic standards. Some aspire to a more profound goal, to live in defiance of limitation and exceed their expectations. And then we see the M. Night Shyamalan-esque twist as it pans out to reveal that the man doing the, the weights and the pull-ups is in a wheelchair. Mm. What? But not defy. Unleash your inner warrior, says the slogan as the guy leaves the gym. And the warrior logo pops up on the screen. It's just, okay. At first when this was starting, because it's cinematic quality for WWF, you know, you can tell mm. that this has been filmed and properly lit and everything. I thought, oh, is this going to be an advert for the next pay-per-view? And then when it said Olympic strength, quality, etc., I thought, ooh, is this possibly something teasing Mark Henry? Because he's been chatted about lately. Hasn't he, he has. And I thought, oh, perhaps this could be... And no, no. It's it's chap who's in a wheelchair. And the idea of somebody in a wheelchair doing weights is, in 1996, apparently very unusual. And the only way he got to do weights is because of the ultimate warrior. Because the warrior said, unleash your warrior. And he went, oh, okay. Live beyond limitations. And so it's... Warrior wasn't in this. Warrior wasn't doing the voiceover. And it was very somber video not as opposed to the usual oh with the strength of my warriors by my comic the university <laughs> this was just yes this man has overcome adversity and he's living a positive life like the mm. ultimate warrior obviously <laughs> what was this weird this was mm. well that was a thing never mind that right on the way to the ring here's Fucking Brian Pillman. In his ECWT. ECW t-shirt. I um, have some wrestling t-shirts. The sleepy t-shirts. The t-shirts I wear mm -hmm. in the house. I nearly bought... Because they've been reprinting this t-shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees. The Brian Pillman manic face with the Four Horsemen logo on the back. The Rogue Horseman goes extreme. I nearly bought this t-shirt recently. Because oh. I thought, I just love Brian Pillman, don't I? But I didn't. Oh, but... Mate. 
I noticed a minute, and WCW on the phone. <laughs> uh, we came up, we, we actually, we grew Brian Pillman in a lab. <laughs> so he's not allowed to be called Brian Pillman. You've got to shave his head. He's not allowed to wear the T-shirt with a Four Horsemen logo on it. <laughs> or his vest that he was wearing on WCW TV. And also, fuck off. Uh, you have to rename him Brian with a Y, tablet person. <laughs> yeah. Brian Pac-Man. Brian Pac-Man. <laughs> and then you say the following. Brian Pac-Man is not affiliated in any way with World Championship Wrestling. If you like that Brian Pac-Man in WCW, you should watch WCW yeah. all the time. Where the big boys play. Now the adjective, big boys play. But for the second time... We'll say them all just to be sure. For the second time as well. Brian Pillman's here while Austin is around. Yeah, that's WCW. not lost... Uh, yeah, so we had both of them, Hollywood Blondes, Steve Austin and Brian Pillman, and you're just calling that again, are you? Mm, they can't be within 50 miles of each other, please. Thank no, you. No, no. WCW, if they wanted to be complete pieces of shit like Vince's this week, they could be. And They're this is, not. This isn't me defending Eric Bischoff and WCW, because they were shit bags as well. Oh, yeah. But it's just... Let's, let's not be dickheads about this. Pillman asks Vince who he needs to speak to to get his money. <laughs> He did the he did the press conference last week. Now, we we saw a bit of the press conference. I think there's more to that press conference than meets the eye because if you look if you Google Brian Pillman press press conference, there is a photo of him just fucking going off and swinging a crutch, and swinging a crutch around. So I think there's and I, and and I can't find the AOL chat log for it, but there's it must have been a bit after that where he went like loose cannon and just started screaming. Well, there was a bit in the Observer where he said that the angle that they're playing off with the loose cannon is that because he is such a loose cannon, WWF are kind of in storyline concerned and like, oh, we've signed this guy. Let's try and get him out before he does anything. Ah. So that's the storyline they're going with. That's not reality. And that's kind of, yeah, and you kind of get that vibe from him with Pillman going up to Vince and saying to Vince, I'll oh, give me my money. Yeah. You know, I've made you all this money. I'm a big star. I want the money now. And obviously we saw him at the pay-per-view saying he was going to rape and pillage. And yeah. now he's got a live mic on live TV and he said, God damn, which isn't a thing in Britain, but in no. America you cannot say God damn on TV in 1996 on Raw. I think in some markets it was censored. Yeah. I believe in, in on this show. So there'll be some places, if you watch this somewhere in America, you might not even remember that happening because some bits it was censored. I always think that beeping sounds cooler in wrestling than actual I think swearing. it sounds beep. Oh, yeah, beeping. Because yeah. so it can be whatever. Yeah. Yeah. When you beep, you could just fucking say whatever you want. Which is it in 2001, where they were like, screw you. Nah, screw you. And they beeped it so people think they were saying, fuck you. And <laughs> it's be like, oh, we're so cool. I was like, oh, lads, come Edge on. Lords. Stone Cold Steve Austin is indeed in the ring, as Brian Pillman's chewing out Vince McMahon. Lip stitched up. He is in the ring to face for the first time in his career in the WWF. The Undertaker. Oh. Wow. These two will have some wars. They Well, this might not be remembered as one of them. No. But it's certainly a moment in time. It's, the first time they fight. It's definitely not. It was a SummerSlam 98. No. We're, we're yeah. quite a, few, quite a bit from that. That's, that's a very good match. This one, not, not quite up there. Well, the match starts with Austin trying a few strikes. Undertaker shaking him off and pummeling Austin. Yeah. Jerry Lawler is at ringside to interview Paul. Paul Bearer. The story of this with Jerry Lawler is that, because obviously the, uh, Mankind beat The Undertaker with a little bit of help from a wayward earn shot from yeah. Paul Bearer. And Jerry Lawler is sort of greasing the wheel here that it was a deliberate attack. I don't remember, I mean, I wouldn't, I didn't watch wrestling as vividly as I did as I did from 99. So this is why I quite like this, that's why I love doing this podcast because it's a, I'm watching it week to week when I didn't 
for a, at yeah. a time where I didn't watch it week to week. Yeah, yeah. But I seem to, from from memory, in bits that I picked up and videos that I watched in years gone afterwards, I thought the Paul Heyman heel turn was more, the, the Paul Bearer heel turn was more of a shock. Yeah. I didn't realize until I watched this episode, they were actually signposting it a couple of weeks before. Yeah, definitely. A spoiler, by the way. Uh, <laughs> we all get there together. But weird that Lawler is right. Yeah. They've let he'll be right. I don't like that at all. Mm. I don't like that. Uh, but he's at ringside interviewing Paul Bearer asking what happened last night at, at King of the Ring. Lawler insinuating that Bearer struck Undertaker on purpose. Paul Bearer is refusing to entertain any questions and doesn't even hold just Lola's gaze just keeps looking away just keeps trying to like just keep a distance from him and like looking up to the camera looking up around anywhere else somebody say something that's suspicious Mm. it's suspicious Uh, Taker and Austin have a slow but plodding affair Uh, Austin tries to drag Undertaker out the ring at one point he gets kicked into the barricade for his trouble Undertaker misses a diving elbow to give Austin a chance to land some strikes but he gets a boot in the face before the break Uh, we get a current school as we come back from break Uh, Austin bounces back working over Taker's leg uh, with the rope and the turnbuckle post Jerry Lawler still banging on about Paul Bearer uh, it says Bearer saying he didn't mean to hit the Undertaker is like OJ Simpson holding a dinner, raising awareness of spousal abuse. Fucking yikes! Yep, yikes, yikes, yikes. This uh, is the company that ran the poll about OJ Simpson. Yes, they did. Yeah, that was the main event of Raw one week. Yeah. The result of a poll: Did OJ do it? Not even lying. Check the episodes. As Austin works over the knee, Goldust heads ringside with Marlena. Uh, he joins the commentary team. He warns Undertaker that he'll never rest in peace after their sequel. Hmm. So, okay. So, I, again, I don't think they need another match. We're getting one anyway. I guess we have to kill some time between now and SummerSlam. I, I, I do like the way, though, that obviously Taker was working this more fired up because Mankind's got in his head. So this is a more, it's a less zombie Taker. It's a more furious Taker, which will mm. evolve as the years go on. But I also like the fact that Goldie... Goldie, because I've got him written down as Goldie. Goldust is fuming. He's not happy yeah. that he's lost his title. It's less about the mind games now. He's still obviously the the bizarre one, but he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm like you said there, Taker's not going to rest in peace. He's basically saying, I'm going to kill the Undertaker. Mm. He's not as sort of cute and yeah. wavy as he normally is. These Roman's like, yeah, I'm going to kill him. Yeah. Great. Uh, gold, angry gold dust is good. That's fantastic. He's st- and it, like, if anything, more intimidating. Yeah. Because he's just like, now just like this giant of a man painted gold who's just going to bat to you. Yeah, because last stuff of like, like dreamscapes, isn't it? Because last time he was on commentary for take a match, he was just like, oh, wouldn't mind touching his bum. Like, oh, I want a bigger mortis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like rubbing his leg and stuff. But now he's just like, I'm going to punch his big head. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, go for it. It's great. Austin misses uh, a rope neck drop, eats a choke slam for his trouble. This is where Goldust, as Undertaker's going for a tombstone, gets into the ring and throws dust into Goldust's eye. And this leads to a DQ. Uh, Austin and Undertaker continue scrapping with cold flecks flying everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So that was quite fun. Uh, Austin takes a powder as Undertaker gets the advantage uh, and he legs it up the ramp. Und- uh, Paul Bearer enters the ring to console the Undertaker. Everything seems fine in Camp Taker. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Lawler gets onto the apron, though, to try and stoke the flames of dissension by saying to Undertaker, tell us, you know, what you think of what Paul Bearer did at King of the Ring. And Paul Bearer is just like, leave it. 
Leave it. Move on. They seem fine, but Jerry Lawler's still pushing this issue. Oh, yeah. Pushing this issue that there was something that went on. Staring the shit, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, Post-Raw, just to let you know, uh, the, 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 we get two more sets of tapings. At this, oh, no, one more set of tapings. So we get another Raw that we'll watch next week. Yes. Uh, but then when that finished, we got the main events of the night for the tapings. As everybody was going home, we had the Warrior, Ultimate Warrior versus Vader. Went 10 seconds, Warrior Pin Invader. Jesus. Thanks for coming. And then Undertaker came back out. He beat Mankind in two minutes. Must have been shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there was, though. I presume there was. Shawn Michaels in the proper main event. This is ridiculous. And then Undertaker and Mankind, two minutes. Uh, Goldust versus Shawn Michaels, six seconds. Just super, super kick. kick, one, two, three. Yeah. I presume then, I can, in my head, I think, okay, so you'd have had Undertaker and Mankind... Um, you'd have had some shenanigans from Goldust helping Mankind that led to Undertaker losing. Goldust stays out there. Shawn Michaels runs out. Let's have a title match right now. All right, ring the bell. Ding, ding, ding. Switch in music. One, two, three. Yeah. Because I think I think there's a Canada show coming up, which we might talk about in the weeks to come, like a, like a big Canada house show. Yes, there it's is. Yeah. Set to be headlined by Shawn versus Goldust in a ladder match for the WWF title. Oof. I know, right? Yeah. Should be fun. Yeah. We will never see it on telly, but it's uh, so they're kind of giving them a little bit of. Yeah, because they've already started promoting it. Because of course, one of the matches is Ray Rougeau. No, Jacques Rougeau. One of the Rougeaus. The Rougeau who has sway in Canada against Owen Hart in a boxing match. Mm. So that's going to happen. Nice. Yeah. I like that. So that's Raw. That was Raw. That's Raw. Uh, thoughts on Raw this week? Um, decent. Nothing remarkable. It's we're getting into kind of the pattern of the attitude here. I had someone tweet me recently saying. Those rose-tinted glasses are still rose-tinted. Obviously, the the in-ring stuff in the Attitude Era isn't great, but the storyline's fantastic. Yeah. And here, the in-ring stuff did matter. But Raw just keeps trundling on. They, were, they hammered home the ongoing sunny shite with, you know, the, the tease of Farouk coming. It was the coronation of Ahmed as the champ, the bearer take a goldust mankind stuff. So in terms of storyline-wise, it, it ticks along without being spectacular they continue to build well to yeah. pay-per-views that's one thing WWF are very good at compared to WCW yeah. they build very well to pay-per-views I think there's a nice little bit of history here because it's the first Austin Undertaker match yeah of course regardless of how good or not good it is um, I think that's quite nice that we've got that uh, I enjoy the, the the rise of Ahmed as bittersweet as it is to watch him hmm. um, but yeah quite a few of these matches this week were backdrops for for exposition yes and that's fine, as long as you mix it up with actually having some decent matches. Yeah, then, yeah. Then you're fine. Like next week, there's you know, for the next week's show, there is a couple of matches which are just for exposition, but there's one absolute banger of a match. I wonder what that could be. Mm-hmm. We'll find out next week when we are together next week. And until we are, this little cheeky chap is at Brat Atkins on Twitter. I'm at Tom Gamble on Twitter together. We're at Coldaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Atlanta! Oh, we'll find a merman. No, oh, I've changed my mind. Take me to the Hunger Gardens of Babylon. <laughs>Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus.
Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.